sir. What's your name? Samuel. Samuel, okay. And who's your parents? Ivan and Desiree. Okay, I know them. And what's your favorite color? Blue and orange. I like those colors, two favorite colors. What's your favorite story? Lion and David. Ooh, how come? Because um, Lion fell with a soft rock planted by David and David won. And what's what's the best part of a good story? Um, when when David lost the lost the rock at, at the giant. Oh, <laughs> when he launched it. That's the best part. That's your favorite story. Uh -huh. Okay. How come it's such a good story? Because of the, of the power of God. Oh, you like the power of God. All right. Well, thanks, Samuel. I'm glad you talked. You want to say hi to everybody on the TV? <laughs> Sometimes it's fun just to be a kid, isn't it? Kids, I just want to talk directly to you. Thanks so much for helping your grandparents and your parents and your friends and your siblings connect with us while we are in lockdown season and I just wanted you to know how proud I am of you. You're amazing. The way that you are adjusting to this new reality that we're living in right now is so cool. We have a lot to learn from you as adults and I wanted you to know also that we are doing our best to get ready for whenever we're able to return to a new normal here at the church. We are ready to serve you, to love you, to care for you and to help you be the best that you can be wherever you are. In fact, what we have every single week is specific short story content along with our series that we're studying as a broader church that's designed for you. If you go to our website, centennialroad.com, you can see it, you can participate with it. There's activities, there's things to watch. It's amazing. And we want you to hang out with us in that way. So thanks so much for who you are. And thanks again for being just awesome. You know, the thing about kids is this, I, as a parent, I've often had this fear that what's going to influence my kids. I was nervous about it. In fact, this is a legitimate thing that I was concerned about. I was worried that somebody along the way, when my kids are really little, we're going to teach them something silly like cats were dogs and dogs were cats. Can you imagine if that actually happened? And they showed up the first day of school in class learning and their teacher showed a picture of a cat and they said, dog, how embarrassing would that be if that actually took place and happened? Now, the fact is, you and I, we live in a world where there are so many influences happening in us, around us, and even through us. Some of them are positive and some of them are negative. So how can we thrive under pressure when that's the world in which we live? What do we do about it? We're here in 2021, it's a brand new year, it's a brand new season, some things are familiar from 2020, some things are brand new, and what are we gonna do to thrive in this new reality? So for the answer to that, we're actually gonna dig into another short story, a parable told by Jesus from the Bible. If you have one with you, I wanna encourage you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. I'm gonna be reading verses 24 to 30 today, and we're gonna study those together in just a few moments. 
Let me read them for you. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat. Then they slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked? No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them, and to put the wheat in the barn. All right, so this is another story that Jesus is telling. The second story in our series of short stories, this 12-week journey that we are on, this adventure together. And again, he's talking about farming. Let's just do a really quick recap. In this story, you've got a farmer who sows good seed in good soil, and overnight, while his workers are sleeping, an enemy comes and sows weeds among the good seed. Over time, as this stuff is growing, you've got weeds intermingled with the good stuff, the wheat. And his workers are frustrated. They're going, what are we going to do? Should we pull them out? He says, the farmer says, don't do that. But at the harvest time, at the right time, that's when we will deal with it. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at two big ideas from this short story. The first is this. Why does God allow bad things to happen? That is a loaded question. I get it. Probably something that you and I have asked, if we're really honest, maybe a little bit more frequently than we'd care to admit. Why, oh why, God, are you letting these bad things happen to us, in us, in our world? What is going on? And that is a really big question, as you know, and we're not going to have the time to maybe dig into it in its fullness, but there's two things that I want to talk about from this text that speak to the answer to that question. The first is this, a purpose purpose. There is a purpose. There's a reason behind everything that God does and everything that happens. That purpose is wrapped up in this gift that we've been given as well called freedom of choice. Freedom of choice. See, when the world began and God created it and he spoke it into being and he was intimately connected with his creation, he did not create you and I nor creation to be robotic in nature. He gave us a freedom of choice and how we can express the way that we choose to live our lives, our gratitude to him, and our thankfulness for the life gift in general. Now, you and I, at times, struggle with that reality. Sometimes the choices that we make have negative impacts in our own lives and in our world. But that does not mean that God doesn't care. See, God, in his infinite wisdom, decided that instead of creating that robotic reality, he was going to create an environment where you and I had the ability to choose. Instead of an arranged marriage type scenario, he would give us the opportunity to choose whom we will love, to choose to fall in love and participate in that way. And because of that reality and the way that our world is set up, there's going to be stuff that happens in our world that isn't of God's design and intent. But because it is happening and because of God's all-powerfulness and all-knowingness and all that stuff, he is able to take all of that hardship that we are facing and turn it into something good over time. There's always purpose 
in everything that happens to us and through us and in us. Why does God let, let bad things happen? There's purpose. There's purpose in these things that are happening. In our story here, what the purpose is, is these workers are understanding that God's timing is perfect. Timing to sow seed, timing to harvest, it is perfect. There's purpose in letting those weeds grow. He does not want the harvest to be harmed by the weeds being uprooted simultaneously as the wheat is growing. There's purpose in it all. It might not feel like it. It might not be simple. It might be frustrating. I understand that. But yet there's purpose behind it. And sometimes that's a purpose that you and I just cannot see in the moment. It's like that old saying, it's difficult to see the forest through the trees. Sometimes we have to have a different viewpoint in order to understand what God is actually up to in our lives. The second big thing is production. God is focused on the production. That's why he allows bad things to happen. What is being produced in you and I? I want to draw your attention back to that end of our story where the workers are encouraged by God to not uproot the weeds, the weeds, to not uproot the weeds so that the wheat isn't uprooted. There is production happening. God is more focused on our being than our doing, our character rather than our activity. Now, our activity is important. Don't get me wrong. But our activity should flow out of our being. Our being should inform our doing. The way we choose to live should be directly connected to who God says we are and what we um, have the responsibility to do as a being connected to that identity. God lets bad things happen for a couple of reasons, that purpose and that production. He wants to build in you great character that will withstand so many challenges over time so that in the midst of that pressure situation, you're learning to thrive and you're a symbol of hope to the world around you by what God is doing in you and through you. You know, many times I get asked this question, you know, about why God would let bad things happen. And the truth is that there are going to be lots of times in our lives where we feel overwhelmed. But in our being overwhelmed, we need to remember one simple truth that we will never be overtaken. We're never going to be dominated by the things that are triggering us, by the things that are tormenting us. We won't be dominated by them when we surrender our lives to Christ. Jesus is the key to withstanding all of the storms that are, are circulating in our world, around our world, and, and in us as human beings. So I really want to encourage you, don't lose hope. In the middle of a bad thing that you're facing, don't lose hope. Be honest and real in your emotion. Tell God what you're feeling. He's big enough. He can handle it. He can handle your anger, your frustration, your disappointment, and all of those things. Just keep in mind that, that God is still in control, even when it feels like things are out of control. The second big idea that this story kind of points to is this, this concept of speaking the truth in love. Or when is the right time to deal with conflict in the lives of, of ourselves and the people around us? And again, I want to draw your attention to kind of how 
the farmer responds to the weeds being sown in amongst the harvest. He talks about dealing with the weeds when the, the wheat is mature enough to withstand the trauma that is about to happen. See, a lot of times in our good intentions, we unintentionally cause trauma in the lives of ourselves, our peers, our friends, our family, by dealing with things in the wrong time. God's timing is perfect. You and I don't know the right time for everything. We have watches, we tell time, we look at stars, we look at night and day, and we have an idea of when is night and when is day, when there's an absence of light, all those things, but God created time. God exists outside of the timeline. He is the only one that truly knows the right timing for everything. I can remember when we were trying to have kids, it wasn't something that was easy for us to do in the moment. And, and as we kept trying and trying and, and hoping to get pregnant as a couple, and it didn't happen and it didn't happen, we were frustrated. We didn't understand that God's timing was perfect. God's timing was perfect. And when Sadie came along, it was the right time for us to be parents. We don't understand God's time, but God always understands his time. And the things that we see, the weeds that we see in ourselves and in others are all to be dealt with in God's time, his perfect time. The only way we're going to figure out what that time is, is as we connect with him. Because the farmer knows what is best. Like in this story, the workers don't know. They're like, there's weeds. What do we do? We uproot them. They didn't know that in doing so that they're going to damage the harvest that's actually being produced. The farmer gives them that insight saying, no, no, at the right time, that's when we will deal with these things. And you and I can learn from that in the way we choose to operate in our relationships. God's timing is perfect. And we don't want our good intentions to create unintentional trauma in our own lives and in the lives of other people. The only way that we can understand God's timing is when we ask him about it. See, sometimes God shows us the weeds in our own lives and the weeds in the lives of the people that we care about or people we're connected with for one reason. And that reason is to pray, to pray, to lift up that situation, that person, that weed that you see, the less than awesome portion of, of their life. Weeds are a symbol of death. Weeds are a symbol of chaos. Their job is to, is to harm, is to do damage. All those things, when we are shown those things, our job first is to pray. Not to say, to pray. And in our praying as we are connected with God, God will give us what to say in the right time so that what he is doing and producing in somebody's life is not damaged beyond repair. You and I need to get proficient at that tactic, especially in this reality that we live in today where everybody's a little bit heightened emotionally when we're locked down, when we feel like our freedoms are being threatened, when we're bombarded by all sorts of influences from conspiracy theories regarding COVID to fear regarding COVID and, and the whole gamut. We need to be connected more and more with God so we understand the timing of things, when we need to speak up and say something, and when we need to remain silent and pray, which is the best thing that we can do for those that we love, is pray for them. Because God is alive and active and moving and growing and developing things in us in the most unique set of circumstances. He's helping us to thrive 
under pressure wherever he is placing us. That's what he does. He brings things to life. He helps things grow. And you and I need to be partners with that. Not working against it, but partners with that. So all this to say, what do we do with a story like this? How do we apply it to our lives right now today? Well, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Two simple things. The first is this. I want you to make a list of the weeds that you see in your own life. I'm going to get my sample here for you so you can see what I'm talking about. Maybe you can identify with one of these things. Social media immersion. Maybe you find yourself just wrapped up in this whole, I've got to watch every press conference around COVID. I've got to get all the information that I need. And you find yourself just kind of stuck in a cycle, whether you're chasing conspiracy theories down a rabbit trail or you're, you're just looking for the next new opinion, whatever it is, you find yourself immersed in it, but not for good reasons. You find yourself that maybe as you're connected to it, you're getting more and more, your mental health is getting a little bit unstable. You're getting more and more frustrated or anxious or bitter or whatever it might be. And you just don't know what to do. Maybe that's a weed in your life. Sometimes it's been a weed in my life, so it's on my list. Bitterness over our circumstances. Maybe you're frustrated and just like, I don't understand why God is allowing this to happen right now. He's taken my job. He's taken my relationship. He's taken my freedom away. Whatever you are, are trying to tell yourself in that moment or you think that God is up to, maybe you're just bitter over your circumstances. And you need to be reminded that God is in control. God is loving. God isn't wanting to do unintentional harm to you. What he's doing is there's purpose behind everything and he's producing something in you and that production is going to take time. Maybe that's one of your weeds is just that bitterness or maybe it's just entitlement. You feel like you're owed something. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think that I'm owed something where honestly, I'm not. I'm not owed anything. I need to be more grateful. And the way to combat that entitlement is with, with uh, gratitude and thankfulness. Anyways, I want you to write that list, and then I want you to do this. And we might end up setting, up, setting off the fire alarm here, and that's okay. I, I literally want you to do what they're going to do in the story. At the proper time, those weeds at the harvest, they're going to be burned. And so what I want you to do is I want you to take, um, uh, take something and make sure that you your list and then, and then burn it. Whether that's inside or outside or wherever you are, I want you to burn it so that it's a symbolic reference of like, God, I'm not going to let these weeds impact me anymore. I'm not going to let these influences that have negatively shaped me, I'm not going to let them make sure that they control the way I think or the way I live from this moment forward. It's just that symbolic reality of what that looks like. That's what I want you to do. I want you to literally start a fire for your weeds. Burn them and let them go. Let God take over. The other thing that I want you to do is I actually want you to make a list of the people. The people that you actually might see the weeds in. You know, maybe it's your neighbor. You know that they have a, an anger problem. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your, or your children. Maybe it's a grandparent. Maybe it's um, a coworker. Maybe it's that, that person that gives you care. Maybe, maybe it's just somebody that you see, um, a celebrity on television or somebody in the Christian circle that you're like, I think they might be struggling with this. And I want you to put that list of people down. Now, we're not going to burn that list. With that list of people, what we're going to do is we're going to intentionally commit to praying for them. 
your three people, your five people, however many you want to put on your list, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God would do what he needs to do, that God would produce the fruit that he needs to produce, the harvest in that person's life, so that they can learn to thrive under pressure wherever they are placed in this moment and at this time. If we can do those two things, find the courage to, to burn away our weeds, as well as praying for those that may have weeds in their lives, if we can do those two things, we can put this story into practice in our own lives. And it'll help us in our being, becoming more like Jesus each and every day, learning to love like him and learning to live like him. That's the challenge for this week. Will you join me in that adventure as we choose, as we choose to use the freedom of choice that we've been given to honor God with the way we live, with, by how we respond to the challenges that we face? Why don't we pray together? Jesus, we're so thankful that you have given us a way to thrive under pressure. And I realize that this, this time in life is just really challenging for many of us whether that's with our, our, our financial reality, our mental health, our discouragement in some way, whatever it is, it's just hard to be present and to be uh, positive in this season. And so God, I pray that you'd allow us to take the truth from this story, from this short story that you told Jesus and, and just apply it to our lives. Would you give us the courage to write down our list of weeds the things that you want to eradicate from us. And would we, as we symbolically just burn them this week, uh, burn our list of weeds, that we would just give those things over to you. And that in the midst of that, that pain, that struggle, that chaos, that you would develop something amazing in us. A heart of gratitude, a heart of forgiveness, a heart of thankfulness, a heart of hope. And would you produce that over time so that we could be a beacon of light that light that you've invited us to be to the world around us. And God, I recognize that there may be somebody tuning in today that does not yet know you and their life feels like a mess. And, and they're just like, I, I don't even know how to thrive. I just feel under pressure. God, I pray that you would speak hope and life and wisdom into them right now, that they would understand that the best version of life is a life that is devoted to you a life devoted to you doesn't mean it's going to be an easy life, but it's going to mean that things make sense over time and we have something and someone to trust in that is beyond our own imagination, our own ability. We're trusting in the God that created us and gave us that imagination and ability. Would today, those individuals that are tuning in and don't yet know you, would they choose you and choose to follow you? God, help us to be the people you need us to be. May you bless us and protect us. May you smile upon us and be gracious to us. May you grant us your favor and your peace wherever we go. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless everyone. And remember that we love you and we are praying for you. May you find the courage to eradicate those weeds from your own life and pray for those in your life that are needing a touch of God's presence in a real and intentional way. See you again soon.